Hello, wonderful people of the internet. Welcome back to our podcast in Mindsight. It's so wonderful to have you back here, Yasin. How are you doing this week? Pretty good. Um, solid week. Uh, I've been pretty happy uh, with my productivity levels. Except, you know, except for yesterday. Yesterday I was kind of in a slump. But I still got my work done. Even if it was at like 2 a.m. But I got it done, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this week I actually did an interesting experiment you know of. Um, I yes, asked, I participated. Yeah, I asked a lot of people what they think my strengths and weaknesses are and what they believe would fit me career-wise. And it was really interesting to see the responses. And although... What was so surprising about them? I think the most surprising thing was that I often feel like I am very much adapt to different groups of people which you know of course is normal to a certain extent in the sense of like you're the sum of the people you're surrounded with or the average of them yeah not not necessarily but for example you're talking to you i can't necessarily talk to you um the way i talk to i don't know my brother or someone else or my cousin or they're just i i feel like so, sometimes i feel like a sort of imposter <laughs> when, when it oh, comes that brings to, us to our topic of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> when, when it comes to sort of interacting with different groups of people who may have different interests and different you know perspectives on life, and therefore it was really interesting to see that most people, I would say like ninety percent of the people um, that responded, said very similar things in terms of uh, the qualities that I have or the strengths and weaknesses they believe I have. What was very different, and again, this is very interesting, what was very different was kind of the careers they they thought would fit me. Some, some people were mm -hmm. like, uh, I should go into psychology or astrology or <laughs> philosophy or... Um, Wait, astrology? Yeah, astrology. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh. um, someone said that, I know friend. that hurts me as a physicist, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. No, but uh, a friend of uh, in, from Romania actually said that she she actually sees me doing stuff for and with people, which was quite shocking in a in a positive way, because <laughs> um, I I didn't consider that I necessarily appear like someone who enjoys to do a lot of stuff with a lot of people uh, i think most people see me oh, rather I'd say it depends on the people but of course but yeah. it was very interesting she said like she uh, she would never see me like in an office job or doing something monotonous she mm. really sees me doing something with and for people and the response was just very interesting yeah, i mean as a programmer for example especially front-end development i think you really have to interact with like, yeah definitely. lots of people to give them exactly what they want for sure yeah, but um, yeah, it was just a very fun little experiment and it helped me to sort of get out of my head and get some external perspectives on my life. And Yeah, that's yeah. usually quite <laughs> quite a good approach Yeah, because uh, like, we tend to think everything thrice at least, <laughs> whereas other people, like, yeah, 
Yeah, I definitely yeah, recommend they, it. So if someone's listening, definitely, one. definitely do it. It's it's a great way to kind of, yeah, to kind of gain a, a new perspective. And it definitely helps when it comes to deciding, you know, mm. who who am I really and what do I want to do with my life? I guess that also depends on like people who would do like this this kind of experiment because if you're like very focused on your appearance in society then yes there are some kind of drawbacks because from outside now you get this kind of picture that okay yeah i'm the person who works together with other people and you kind of feel the need to live up to that reputation sure. yeah definitely i think it's important to to get external opinions and perspectives but at the same time realize that you know those people don't necessarily know you the way you do and you know mm. they don't really have all the context so um as i told you um before this podcast on a on a phone call <laughs> i i don't really take it as not necessarily as a sort of direction uh, or mm. or real advice i rather take it just to see how do people perceive me and how yeah how 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 do people think i am and what do they think my strengths are and wh what's really um what do i really externalize because i i feel like i'm so much in my head and i'm yeah. kind of so closed up sometimes <laughs> that people don't really get to see behind a a, a certain threshold and therefore seeing that people actually do in most cases was really interesting to see but yeah enough about me now yeah you so like for for our listeners out there if you want to do that experiment don't take it as like a directional thing where you have to go just as a nice input device exactly <laughs> if you want to do the same experiment how, how did you last question on that topic how did you conduct that experiment um like At first, I, I only asked, a I think, like three or four people via WhatsApp and just asked them, you know, I read this uh, thing, exercise on Quora. I would love to get your perspective on that. And then I decided to make it a little bit more public and I posted it on my Instagram story. <laughs> and I, <laughs> And yeah, it was interesting for one to see who responded. And again, the responses, How many responses were just, did you get? On Instagram, I think there were like four, four or five. Well, that's kind so of solid. Yes, pretty interesting. Yeah, but very nice. Enough about my little okay. experiments. <laughs> What about your yeah. week? Yeah, my week. Well, yeah. Let's let's start with negative aspects, <laughs> like due to Corona, due to the COVID virus. Like, or yeah, the exam phase got delayed, like to the end of our semester holidays. And oh, man. that way, I guess it's less stressful to learn for the exams, which used to be like right after the lecture period. But now, like, yeah, you don't have any holidays anymore. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> if you like, have to still keep all your knowledge warm in that sense, warmed <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, to to kind of pass them. So that's kind of like well, little. <laughs> the unbreakable thing here but yeah i also like stumbled upon this new interesting habit which <laughs> i want your opinion on it's like 
Okay, okay. It sounds weird, but it's like every morning when, when I wake up, I now try to brush my teeth with my left hand instead of my right hand. Oh, what do What do I want to achieve with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of getting out of your, like, uh, it's kind of questioning your own habits because if you start out your day with something unusual, which you usually never tend to do, like brushing your teeth with your left hand, you kind of become very open on reflection about all the other habits in your day i think there were some kind of studies that like suggested that 90 percent of your day are like exactly the same pr procedure as the day before and with that kind of thing i promised myself to like um reflect on my habits like the whole day <laughs> whether yes. i can make something more effective whether something is actually stupid to do <laughs> and Yeah, I stumbled upon that in, on a, some kind of YouTube talk thing. Don't know which one exactly it was, but what are your opinions on that one? That's actually funny. I, I I read or watched something similar a few years ago, and for the first time, I I kind of kind of started to to pay attention to hmm. what hand am I using to brush my teeth. And I realized, <laughs> I realized that I actually use both hands. Like I've always used both hands. I can't brush my teeth with only one the hand. The violin player is coming in here. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's actually fun, but it's really true. Once you, as a right-handed guy, once you start brushing your teeth or doing something else just with the left hand, you kind of force yourself to do it. Um, there's also a phenomenon in kind of, uh, let's say, the fitness community, which is... Uh, this concept of mind muscle connection mm -hmm. and i i realized that you know usually not only for me like for all people if you're right-handed your mind muscle muscle connection to the right part uh, of your arm <laughs> um, <laughs> is actually much stronger than, mm -hmm. than the mind muscle connection to your left arm logically i mean yeah it's obvious but um once people start using their weaker arm more for you know everyday things like carrying the groceries or opening doors or whatever uh, it's actually shown that parts in the brain are activated that haven't been activated before necessarily as much and therefore i think it's a great exercise so definitely yeah, keep your brain is also a muscle it. kind of yeah <laughs> so yeah maybe yeah, maybe I mean, i'll start doing that like too Yeah, I, I'll experiment with it and let's see how it goes. Because I think if that becomes a habit in itself, then it gets useless again. Like if you get used to brushing your teeth with your left hand. Sure. Maybe But then it's, it's, it's going to be That kind of hard. thing is also like used for dementia patients to like train their brains a little more. Like let them eat with their left hand instead of their right hand. Yeah. That's interesting. Didn't let's know see that. where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. I guess let's get to this episode's topics. Um, yes. Yeah, we're now we're like already a few weeks um, online with our podcast, and we especially want to discuss like the possibilities of the internet and also like the detriments and what imposter syndrome might be and whether we <laughs> <laughs> whether we feel like imposters on the internet. And yeah, let, I think let, let's head right into the internet topic first. Um, you, Yasin, are a programmer. <laughs> what what is the internet for you? Yeah, self-proclaimed. 
<laughs> more or less i guess you can do like more than 95 of the population oh yeah it's a little bit far-fetched maybe but sure i i, I take the compliment <laughs> no um yeah the internet um when i when i saw your notes when i saw the question uh yes. that you put the notion i was like okay uh we obviously need a definition and it's funny because mm. as you know on my journey to Uh, learn to program and all that it's very much advised to actually learn um you know learn how the internet works what it actually yes. is kind of the history of the internet uh, how servers work and uh, dns mm. and all that stuff um so yeah, i just that it's cool that's that's really quite useful if yeah. you need to like change something on, in your wi-fi setup or <laughs> <laughs> it sure. can't hurt to know what you, exactly you're doing um sure but also to kind of uh to kind of have a more macro understanding on how sure, sure. you know how you're actually able to use your phone and social media and all that and i basically just copy and pasted my notes on on an article i read about the internet <laughs> um which you know in the technical definition the internet is a global distributed network of computers which are basically just connected to each other and they communicate and they have a certain set of standardized protocols. For example, the yes. internet protocol, the IP, you know, we always hear this, the IP address and all that stuff. Mm. So basically just... I think you can like, for for the people who are not immortal out here, um, I think <laughs> that just kind of means like, okay, different layers of this communication thing there are, you can imagine that like, different languages where different parts of the computer are or like the network are communicating with each other exactly just like people are communicating with different languages and yeah yeah Those so protocols i think yeah that, <laughs> that's you know that's the very sort of technical definition but if mm. we think about the internet now sort of day to day we think okay you can you have access to basically all of human knowledge and more or less for free or you know at least yes. you have the means to figure out where a a certain piece of information is on the internet for example you want to know x and y and you find a book about it and you can buy it and uh you know the next day via amazon prime <laughs> it's on your door and you can start mm. reading it and you can start cons consuming this new knowledge or just so, read it on your kindle <laughs> or read it on your kindle which is highly <laughs> advised by us <laughs> yeah just for the non-fiction world yeah so yeah of course you <laughs> know i think that there is not one person in the world who who would say that the internet is a bad thing in any way i think the internet is probably the greatest thing that has happened to humanity uh ever really since like our it. existence and but of course as always there are multiple parts to to the same coin of course there are a lot of disadvantages <laughs> a lot of dangers ten-sided coin you mean <laughs> exactly yeah um yeah there, there are yeah, a lot of nice. dangers as well and I think most people are aware, but they are not necessarily aware of how how dangerous it can actually be and how much power the people have over the rest of the world who 
um, understand what's going on. Yeah, who understand it, who can manipulate it, who have the financial means to have a major influence in how how it sort of evolves. And mm. yeah, I think that's it's pretty. It's, no, it's fascinating. I think nowadays, nobody has like a very well understood overview of what's exactly going on. No, <laughs> I don't part. think so. <laughs> I think that's not possible anymore since the eighties or so. Yeah. Okay, so like that's your kind of view on the internet as a programmer. What about you personally? Like, how how are you using the internet personally? What does it mean for you? Um, I actually thought about you know an interesting little thought experiment last night when I wrote my notes, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I would really like to to discuss this. You know, if if right now the internet were to completely just shut off. You know, yeah. I, I which actually wait, actually that's a very likely possibility because there's some like a bit of physics talks here. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there are like those solar storms where the sun is like emitting a huge amount of particles, electrically charged particles, and if they are strong enough, they can basically fry our whole electric uh, yeah all, all electric grid basically <laughs> oh man all the transformers and stuff we have there and yeah you we basically just have like eight minutes of time until like a satellite there tells us <laughs> that something like this is coming towards us oh man and, and how like a bit, a bit maybe about a few hours maybe even but yeah if that happens then yeah we're <laughs> kind we're of fucked, fucked like yeah. in the economic crisis here <laughs> yeah but but how high are the possibilities for that to actually happen is there like um i think the last time that happened in like a huge amount where we also like had polar lights in europe like in southern europe and stuff that was about 100 150 years ago like oh, to a really huge extent and also like many parts of the electric grid was right there in Canada. Man. Yes. It's it's not that unlikely actually. Okay, so maybe it's more it more of a destroy prophecy human civilization as a whole. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> probably more of a prophecy what we're doing here then. But yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just say something like that happens, you know, and the internet just completely shuts off from one second to the other. I I mean the words I mean, if you think about so many things, so many things, and like, um, you know, apart from your phone and your computer and social media, and you can't watch Netflix anymore and all that, I mean, that's important as well, kind of. But <laughs> I mean, you, you can know, replace it. The way this, the street systems are organized and the way, you know, even communication with setup, although I don't know. The communication with satellites, I think, doesn't work on Wi-Fi, does it? <laughs> well, it works on a similar concept, concept because like, we have those um, electromagnetic waves and different wavelengths correspond to, like, yeah, for example, Wi-Fi, radio signals. Also, the visible light is just like electromagnetic um, waves. So it's basically kind of the same thing, just with different frequencies. We're yeah, communicating with radio signals, I think. Okay. Radio waves. Yeah, so I, I think what my point is, is that so many things that we can't even imagine, I think we don't really think about, are dependent on 
the yes. fact that the internet actually exists and works on basically yeah, every device the log logistics and stuff i mean if the internet were fried then in especially in like the huge cities there would be like yeah. riots <laughs> no, supply chains would <laughs> i want my netflix back and they're just guys no so. like actually i think people would kind of try to rob <laughs> yeah, sure. everything they can get yeah yes. so it's it's one of those things i think that humanity takes is granted and it's just mm. we're so used to it and it's it's nothing really special anymore i mean for example um us two like our podcast we've never been like physically together in the same room <laughs> for any episode so far and yeah, it's kind of kind normal of you just you know just you know we're on zoom we kind of talk to each other record remotely and edit it and it's done you know and we take mm. it for granted like let's just make a zoom call let's just um i don't know i have an uncle in australia and i can talk with him on skype in real time and as if he was right next <laughs> to me you know and without buying a twenty thousand dollar plane ticket <laughs> exactly so those are things we just it's just so normal at this point i think if you would have told people not even a hundred years ago that we would do stuff like that and you could mm. literally talk to anyone on the planet <laughs> and they would have screamed like witch burn him <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah i think with everything everything in life that we take for granted and we kind of forget about because it's so normal and so part of our day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. we we forget how dependent we really are on that stuff yeah so like the internet is maybe the greatest potential <laughs> that humanity has so far and it's also its greatest weak spot yeah definitely but well. yeah but we we <laughs> quickly you know i quickly said that there are also a lot of dangers and obviously like everybody knows it it's no it's no secret and uh we heard of all the drama rama around facebook and you know data and the selling of data and sort mm. of privacy and the whole edward snowden situation <laughs> and all that and you know i i don't know man it's it's interesting because as i read this article about you know what the internet is and how it works and all that um it was you know an explanation they were very much emphasizing the fact that the internet is a distributed network and they were kind of emphasizing yes. the fact that it really has no beginning or end and it's just constantly like it's new just connections nodes and connections exactly no connections are popping up everywhere and kind of connecting to each other automatically and millions and millions of bits of data and it's just a crazy mm. mess yeah i think it's one of its biggest advantages because like governments have a really um yeah difficult time to like control it i mean in democratic governments it's it's like okay, maybe even okay if they do so but especially if you look like to china they are kind of building this yeah. cyber wall where outside information can't or like inside information can't go out that easily sure, without agreeing that the chinese government can like uh, access it sure but you know i think 
<laughs> I think even the fact that they were so much emphasizing this idea that it is distributed and nobody really has control over it, while it's true to some extent, um, if we think about the big companies, Facebook, you know, which owns Instagram, which owns mm. WhatsApp, and I don't know, or Microsoft and uh, Apple and all those big tech companies who not only are the most valuable companies in the world, like if you look at the most valuable companies in the world, they're almost all tech companies. And yeah. Google, of course, you know. And it's just, although the internet doesn't really have a master, so to speak, there are certainly mm. companies, groups of people, a certain tech elite who have way more influence and power than the normal Definitely. person. And we all know that it's problematic and that it will probably or has already led to a lot of controversy and problems and, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, you're not even, exaggerating there, <laughs> even trials before the Supreme Court, even multiple trials. So I don't know. I, I don't really, it's hard for me to imagine a let's just say i don't want to be too pessimistic but it's hard for me to imagine a future where the internet isn't completely abused by a certain elite um to the disadvantage well you don't have to look into the future that's happening right now kind of sure but i think right now it's still very much i think right now we're still on the line between um completely abusing the internet and having basically all the power um mm. you know a certain group of people and the people still having a sort of influence if you look you know at like um how how do you say this in english gosh um you know, whenever something what happens something controversial on the internet mm -hmm. there are always groups of people who kind of try to assembly and uh, form a movement <laughs> like and the, those shitstorm people exactly yeah <laughs> not only that but just uh, groups of people try to assembly yes. or even if i think about you know kind of this romanian organization i'm part of just groups of people who try to change something in 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 a country or improve mm. certain aspects you know those are all great things yeah i mean you we can still... for, for example we can just look at the facebook <laughs> controversy right now and yeah. like people who are actively trying to go to signal for example exactly so we counter movement we still have a certain amount of power but it's very limited yes. and i feel like the big tech companies well, like, gain more and more I think you can kind of imagine it like with countries and their inhabitants because uh, it's basically just just the same thing like the the big internet monopolies google and stuff they uh, fully depend on like the people who are using it and if there's like that kind of revolution of people yeah. <laughs> denying it a kind of red revolution or whatever <laughs> have you actually seen all those um all those Uh, advertisements facebook's has been putting up on instagram uh, saying like whatsapp is still safe and we protect your data and we love you guys and we would never yeah. sell you data and all that stuff and the comments are just <laughs> full of not. people you know the comments are just full of people say ah fuck you guys <laughs> you know <laughs> you've been lying to us for so many years and now 
you know, now that a sort of counter movement has has been started with Signal, mm. uh, now we're trying to kind of win us back and gain your power back. So it's a very interesting yeah. phenomenon to see, and I I'm really curious what's going to happen in the next few months with Signal and sort of this whole privacy on the internet thing. Are Are you open for switching? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely switch. All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. So <laughs> I guess we can like talk that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and the fact, oh. you know, now that I'm a quote unquote program, or at least I understand uh, yes. more about it than I did last year. Um, the fact that it's open source, you know, and you can just go on GitHub mm. and see the source code and analyze it. And um, I don't know, it just give, gives me a sense of, control over my data and gives me a sense of okay i actually know what i'm getting into i actually know what sort of data is being used and yeah it's just a a good feeling of safety in a certain way hmm. so your overall judgment of the direction the internet is heading to into is like a more of the pessimistic way even though there are like movements like signal as here as an example i i wouldn't say i'm i'm more on the pessimistic way i just see that you're the on the big, realistic side <laughs> yeah yeah probably that's the best way to put it i i just see that the big tech companies get bigger and bigger and the people seem i don't know maybe just in my surrounding but or what i see on social media and stuff but they seem to many of them to, to just not care like you you see those people mm. say but yo i have nothing to hide why would i care what they do with my data you know man this that's not the point like yeah but you can <laughs> always in a point in the future be abused in a exactly. way that you won't like exactly so i mean just look at the german democratic republic <laughs> yeah like you yeah. said germany back then i mean yeah if you don't have to hide anything then everything's all right <laughs> until a wall gets built and sure exactly <laughs> you're kept in the country yeah i i think yeah. people underestimate it just like many you know quote-unquote experts in the kind of ai field underestimate the the power and the danger of ais because they can that's a that's a topic for another episode of course no, of no. course of course but it's sort <laughs> of related to you to the internet and i i yeah. i watched a lot of interviews with elon musk and stuff and you know they ask him what what does he think about ai and kind of the future uh, of ai and he says that many people just completely underestimate what ai is capable of and mm. how yeah how just how big the rate of improvement is it's not even exponential it's like super hyper exponential it's it's crazy what's <laughs> been going on and people just yeah, underestimate well, it at the moment i think it's still exponential but like once we have those ais that are able to replicate themselves and yeah then then we're all lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah other other episode other topic sure. um yeah all right so you you see it like uh, with like uh as two sides of of the same metal kind of exactly yeah as all right. with all things yeah i think it's it's with like with the normal monopolies like you have like in oil uh, with oil companies like fusing together maybe you just have to also apply the same 
legislation there more that you can like um can control the market power of like those monopolies more by splitting it up like i mean google and or especially facebook is like buying up every possible competitor yeah and that as, as long as you can kind of reduce the amount of monopolies you have there like more competition the user-friendlier it gets i think because yeah, like, for sure. that's the usual market thing <laughs> if you're like the only competitor you can like decide <laughs> yeah. with which prices <laughs> people will pay you <laughs> exactly whether it's information or not or yeah yeah but it's it's so i think it's so so much more complex to regulate something like uh data and the internet than yeah, regulating and I mean, oil businesses. Lobbyism is probably very strong there too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you know, sometimes only let's look just at the last few years how many times Mark Zuckerberg has been in front of the Supreme <laughs> Court. <laughs> apart from the fact the that guy. Yeah, the lizard <laughs> <laughs> You know, apart from the fact that the jurors of have no idea what facebook really is how it works mm. like their questions were just completely ridiculous and i <laughs> it, it, you look at it's just it's just cringy as hell because you realize okay most of them have no idea how how this stuff works because they in the late 60s late 70s or whatever and you know it's, it's just ridiculous and even though it's very apparent that facebook has broken a lot of laws when it comes to you know the protection of pri private data and all that they he just never gets caught mm. because he he's dealing with people who are like <laughs> who are like <laughs> kindergarten children compared to his knowledge of of the internet and all of all of that yeah. so it's very hard to regulate and it's I very think, hard. yeah like in the us that might be the case but if you think here in germany it's rather the opposite because you probably know of that organization, the um, CCC, Chaos Computer Club. Yeah. Those, those are like those really um, techy people who do lots about um, data protection. And they're also advising like the German equivalent of the Supreme Court. And usually the um, like judgments are heavily influenced by their um, advising. On, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we need about, something like, um, like that. Data protection issues. I, I think it would be great to have a sort of international company or international group of people who, who take care of that stuff, who actually have expertise and know how it works and, you know, have lawyers and yeah, all, well, all that. I think that's basically like the, the whole hacker community there. We, we have like not mean? the negative hackers kind of, just the, the those who are trying to get insights into like um, security issues like <laughs> hacking into airlines to see where there are <laughs> issues and then yeah. telling them um i think we have like this kind of hacker community community i mean there was also like at the beginning of the internet some kind of i don't think whether it was exactly that but there was like some kind of hacker manifesto <laughs> <laughs> really? where where they, they were like um proclaiming that all the nations of the world don't matter here in the internet. It's just us, <laughs> the whole world connected. <laughs> yeah, no, you kind of have to read the text. That's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know for sure, 
um, I mean, hackers are good for, as you said, for finding kind of security loopholes and all that. But mm. with those companies, it's often not necessarily the security loopholes that are the problem, although they are also part of it. I think it's just it's just the fact that the people who have control over these platforms completely abuse that power and seem to have only profit in mind. You know, they put profit over mm. people, as they say. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, th I think uh, we are getting a little bit too deep on that. Um, mm. <laughs> let's... Let, I think we talked about, about a lot about the dangers the and sort of... Yes. But now let's let's get to a point I think that's maybe a little more relatable to to most people listening, which is, of course... Yeah. <laughs> social media and kind of the way people like to portray themselves on there and yeah i would love to just get your opinion your perspective on that how has social media yes. been affected okay like you? i think i at first i first want to dive into the question like why are people putting themselves out there nowadays or how how why where does it come from and like in school, we learned about this nice concept of globalization. And actually, there are like, it was some kind of talk again, um, which, which like the presenter proclaimed that there are like three phases to globalization. Like the first phase was when Columbus discovered um, America, the two Americas, where like countries try to get like uh, into the global scheme and to the global playing field try to conquer stuff yeah. <laughs> all the colonies well um, then during the industrial revolution it kind of shifted on to companies like that's globalization 2.0 like there like companies trying to get their influence throughout the world car companies for example especially um also then like in yeah with all those tech giants early internet and stuff they kind of trying to get hold of different parts of the world and nowadays it's like getting from the like the macro level more down to the micro level where the individuals like um try to <laughs> try to um, obtain their space in the vastness of the internet in globalization in 3.0 yeah and yeah and therefore like internet appearances become more and more also like socially required <laughs> kind of yeah. also like a status symbol and stuff which also brings us to like <laughs> some detriments of social media that right away. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, like okay. Before we get into that, like, what? How are you portraying yourself on social media? Like, what channels are you using? What are you showing of yourself? <laughs> like, <laughs> not in the naked skin <laughs> way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have an OnlyFans. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh yes um, donating regularly exactly was, wasn't there like back to the, like the beginning of the episode there was like one um, person who in, in your experiment was advising you to become a stripper yeah <laughs> that's where <laughs> that comes from yeah exactly <laughs> i i just quickly realized that that was my dream since i was young no um <laughs> yeah how am i portraying myself on 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 the internet on social media the thing is i'm not really portraying myself actively like i'm I'm not posting i haven't ever posted anything like in my instagram feed or anything uh, if i post there are like uh reposts from from you know other instagram accounts 
certain quotes or ideas I like and I just put them in my Instagram story for people mm. to see, kind of sharing what what resonates with me. But, you know, pictures of me or like my personal life, I've never really shared anything because it's not really it's not really a fear or anything. It's just I, I don't see the point. Why why would I exactly what's what's the point of it (laughs) what are your benefits Mm. and you know there's a difference between sort of putting yourself out there and sharing your ideas and perspectives and sort of the stuff you've learned as we're basically doing with this podcast where of course we're also more or less sharing certain aspects of our personal life um but i think there's a difference between that and just you know, posting booty pictures on on social media because <laughs> you hope to get a lot of, uh, yeah. you hope to get a lot of likes and a large following from that. And you know, there's nothing wrong with it inherently. Like, do what you consider to be good for you, Whatever what makes you happy. You exactly. I mean, I I'm not here to judge anyone, but um, I think that there are different ways of putting yourself out there and just mm. different. People have different objectives when they start kind of posting and being a more public person, so to speak. So yeah, for yeah, me, it's, I, mean, it's I have a, I have a very similar view on that. I mean, for me, I also I, like I mean, back in eighth grade or something, I posted some personal pictures of, on Instagram and stuff, but all, I already deleted them again because, like, first of all, the exact same paints as you, it's not very attractive to me. Like that whole social stigma that kind of gets it attached to you then <laughs> yeah i think that's not what i want to be that instagram model <laughs> that's <laughs> posting pictures of <laughs> they're pretty <Yeah. laughs> that's that's not what i'm what i really want to be um and secondly there's like there's like huge privacy concerns with that like just imagine posting uh an image of your um, boarding pass or something then all the people that are following you know that you're, um, for example, in, on vacation right now. They can break into your home physically. <laughs> and like there was also, I also like listened to a um, tech podcast um, this week where like one one person was like able to like, okay, let's begin at the beginning again. Um, the Australian, the former Australian prime minister posted like an image of his boarding pass. <laughs> oh man. And like there was one hacker who tried to like, make the most of it like getting on onto the website of the airline which he was actually like able to log in with the qr code and stuff (laughs) that was on a boarding pass from there on he got like his passport number and his like personal telephone his (laughs) personal phone number (laughs) like there are huge privacy concerns attached to that sure but you know those are kind of extreme cases like i mean sure um sure, most of us imagine somebody wants to influence you with all the information you basically put out of uh, on there of yourself sure. it's very easy of course but as i said i think those extreme cases and most people aren't that interested in my life or yours to actually you know where is he going mm-hmm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna call my hacker friend to figure out <laughs> where he's going and you know uh, but of course uh, you don't those... need you that's the point you don't need a hacker to do that stuff people are actively posting it online sure yeah it's i, op- I get it's it. open source <laughs> if you want to say so <laughs> sure uh, 
But yeah. yeah, of course, there are there are privacy issues. And yeah, I mean, the more popular you are, the more danger there is. I mean, again, it's like about okay, who, why, why would this affect me right now? But in the future, sure, you don't know that you will become popular, <laughs> <laughs> and whether somebody dig up some yeah stories out of out of your past. But like, okay, here's a good example of where it affects the normal people. If you're posting like pictures of yourself on a party being completely drunk <laughs> not not yourself anymore and like a future um future um job you want to take in the interview they bring up that thing like you're you're basically out there already yeah <laughs> if they can exactly. find like something of that of you of course yeah like those are kind of the the shortcomings of it but i also think um you know, many many people we admire are public persons, are on YouTube, on social media. <laughs> of course, because otherwise and you wouldn't know of them. Exactly. Like and I maybe think the closest people there are are your friends and your parents then. Exactly. Could admire. So there are of course there are of course many advantages to it because as you start, let's say, being more public and sort of putting yourself out there with your ideas and convictions, if your conviction is that you're meaning in life is to post booty pictures then do it nobody <laughs> stops you like do you um, be happy but you know if you start putting so sort of your ideas and maybe you you know, start a blog or start a podcast and you're putting yourself out there you're uh kind of increasing the surface that um is receptive to new opportunities you know and suddenly people start reaching out to you at some point and hey let's collaborate or let's would you want to be a guest on my podcast or you know yes. <laughs> um i think there are, if you do it right and if you do it in sort of a healthy way whatever that means because i don't think there's a uh, fixed <laughs> definition for it um you can really you can really improve your life and just make new opportunities come to you instead of always trying to actively search for them. So there are definitely advantages to it, which is probably True. why we do this. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I think also the booty picture thing comes into the same category. It's like, again, I think it's the same side. Uh, it's like... <laughs> both sides of the medal are actually the same side of the the coin <laughs> okay because um uh, i think i already brought it up in the last podcast if you get back into like social philosophy there's this concept of acknowledgement yeah. like um acknowledgement can be considered as the running motor of society because why would you do anything if it's not for like apart from your like basic needs and stuff why why would you do anything if it's not for acknowledgement and if it's not like highly um regarded in your social circles and that way i mean many people probably like pretty pictures of you <laughs> <laughs> and you get a whole lot of pos uh, positive feedback and why wouldn't you continue exactly yeah it's like it's sort that. of a it it can be a vicious cycle I think mm -hmm. because you start posting something, people like it, react positively, maybe, and you just continue doing it because you need that constant burst of, you know, 
acknowledgement yes. and dopamine and or whatever. There, there's where your OnlyFans page starts up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So by the way, nothing against people who are who are like hosting no sites or like who are <laughs> responsible for that. No. Um, I mean, yeah, we don't want to be discriminative. Discriminative here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do what you uh, want and just. Yeah, I, I yes. don't care. <laughs> In a healthy way, please. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's a thing of acknowledgement. I think that's also where, um, something comes in or a phenomenon we also want to talk about now, yes. which is being an <laughs> imposter, and kind of this imposter syndrome that is being thrown a lot uh thrown damn it thrown out a lot (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um, like i I think those are two different aspects like being an actual imposter and having the imposter syndrome yeah but you can also start with being an an actual imposter yes yeah of course but i I, i'm just saying it's kind of been thrown a lot uh thrown damn it what can I? <laughs> what's the matter? Uh, um, I think in the self-improvement community, this is kind of a very, very popular thing. Oh, definitely. To to ask yourself and to kind of be very self-reflective on: Am I actually being authentic and honest with the people around me and with the sort of way I'm portraying myself, or am I just an imposter trying to get acknowledgement and likes and follows? So yeah, sure. Let's start with being an actual imposter and you know, actually lying people to the face, basically, which I think happens a lot on social media. And yeah, either actively or um passively, maybe. Yeah, but if it's passive what what do you mean when you say active like versus actively, passive? Like actively, you're actually trying to let's take Instagram for example. If you're an active imposter, I'd say you're actually trying to you're actually just going to places around the world maybe some nice place on the mountains where you can do that famous uh photo shoot where (laughs) which is very well known i don't know maybe flying to the golden gate bridge and ah playing (laughs) titanic (laughs) yeah that's that's what i and posting that those pictures that's what i consider like active imposterism okay. <laughs> imposterism how you, can, how you can say that and then okay. i'd say there's passive imposterism <laughs> where where you um just things that we usually just do in society where we only show our good sides where we maybe only posting like the nice events in our life where okay yeah and today i'm i'm doing a trip to there and there and it's not just um doing the trip for the sake of having a good instagram appearance it's just doing the trip for itself and part of that is that okay here are some nice pictures of what i did okay where you're just passively um putting yourself out there in a good manner and not showing your negative sides yeah i I agree with that i i I get it but i think the lines are very blurry between actually being active and i I think at some point even if you're let's say a very passive imposter subconscious exactly if if you're also a very passive imposter let's say in the beginning i think over time you you will think about trips and new experiences in that way that you say oh i i don't really want to go to disneyland but you know it it will look so good on my social media it goes goes hand in hand with how popular you are yeah definitely more and more it gets into your mind yeah the more (laughs) the more popular 
popular you are, I think the more you feel the need to, to be, I don't know, to have such a perfect life on, on social media and to really, uh, to push your, the highlights in your life even further. If you last year, you've been to, uh, Coachella next year, <laughs> you want to go to, I don't know, five different, uh, I don't know, concerts and events and mm. whatever. And I think, I don't know. It's it's What very toxic. You? you 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 like um also got a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. <laughs> I I <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling the audience your name, but <laughs> <laughs> I think they 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 know our names by now, but sure. Oh, I don't know whether they know my last name and stuff and whether they can find me, but uh, that's a whole different story. Like how are you handling that? Are, are would you consider yourself like an imposter? Uh, do you mean on LinkedIn specifically or on yeah, social or, media? I mean, generally? you said on the other um, stuff you didn't post that much of yourself. Yeah. But yeah, also, let's take Instagram. Sure. Um, you, you said, for example, you mentioned that you like, you like to repost um, yeah. in, in, in interesting quotes. That yeah, kind definitely. of makes you f seem like a very reflective, philosophical, <laughs> self-improvement focused person. Are you doing that because you actually want to share it, or are you? <laughs> sure, I, I know why why people could think that, but no, for me it's just I I only follow pages I actually enjoy, and I actually you know I actually want to be following and pages I feel like you know even if I'm spending time on on social media, most of that time is watching videos about. Uh, business or self-improvement or interesting quotes from philosophers or whatever so even uh, i'm kind of reducing my my feeling of guilt that way when i'm spending too much time <laughs> on, on instagram no but i um honestly no if I, i'm posting like quotes i really enjoy or i really um i did just really resonate with me that day i, I don't know if if it's happened to you but for me many times uh during the day i just get a random insight in my head and then later mm -hmm. that day i go on instagram and i see a quote that exactly <laughs> describes this feeling and the infamous instagram quote yeah yes. and then i just go ahead and, and post it and you know some people react and like oh my gosh i i've been thinking about that too or whatever so in that way no but i do feel like an imposter sometimes on on social media when i don't post or repost or talk about stuff i would really love to talk about and i would maybe normally talk about with people that are close to me um okay so like that's kind of the um negative definition of this whole imposter thing yeah sh like sure keeping stuff from social media and instead effectively exactly. positive stuff mm -hmm. there are a lot of things you know maybe stuff that happens culturally or politically or whatever that i really want to just get my voice out there and share my perspective uh, but I hold myself back and I'm like you know it's also this feeling of I don't know enough and I'm not informed enough and therefore me sharing my my perspective that's on getting that, like into the the actual imposter syndrome thing there. yeah exactly and therefore I feel but, just yeah. I don't want to be a hypocrite and I don't want to, you know, if I'm looking at other people's stories, for example, who just post the stuff all the time and I'm like, okay, that information is actually wrong. That's actually not accurate. That's actually taken out of context. And I don't want to be a <laughs> hypocrite and do the exact mm. same thing before, 
you know, I, I just want to be 100% sure that everything I say is well-researched and, you know, concisely put together and is actually, you know, is actually fact-checked yeah, and yeah. all that before I, I go public with that stuff. So in that mm -hmm. way, I do feel like an imposter because I'm but not But I think that's, that's also kind of a paralyzing approach to the whole thing because oh. you won't nail the perfect definition of <laughs> anything, basically. No, it's not like necessarily about uh, perfect anything. It's just um, I... Yeah, I don't want to be an hypocrite in that I want my mm -hmm. information and the stuff I say to act actually be fact-checked and researched. Yes, yeah. And uh, I, maybe even I want to be even able to actually put, you know, the the uh, the source in there for people to check and to see that I'm not just taking stuff out of context and all that. Um, but, you know, apart from the fact that it just, it would be very time-consuming to do that all the time. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's certainly... Um, yeah, it certainly feels like I'm not 100% unfiltered publicly and not just on social media, mm. like in, in real life as well. There are a lot of, of situations where I feel like, you know, right now I would love to say something about that argument or I would love to discuss this idea more. Um, but I feel like, okay, maybe now is not the best time or I see the person is mm. getting very emotional or... Um, or the person doesn't really want my opinion on it. They just want to talk and just want to get their <laughs> kind of frustration out. And therefore, mm -hmm. I just hold back and save it for another time, which isn't necessarily... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it isn't necessarily a negative thing, but it certainly feels like I'm not 100% unfiltered and honest with that person. And there's, it's hard to kind of find the balance between, okay, I'm saying what I want to say every time mm. unfiltered and actually being more empath empathetic yeah empathetic yeah, uh, towards <laughs> the other person and acknowledge if the other person is too emotional whatever and if the situation may be not may not be the best situation to now be talking unfiltered and 100% mm. honest so yeah in that ways I certainly feel like I could do more and just be more myself but yeah, that's getting into the imposter syndrome thing, which <laughs> <laughs> which we can, which you can already get into. I think. I mean, like, let's let's maybe like give an exact definition. Sure. <laughs> of the I was imposter just, syndrome. I was just rambling around, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Um, maybe let, let's give an um, as a definition I found on the in the vastness of the internet, <laughs> infinite <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> as we just yeah. discussed before um okay imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence Dude, that's like the <laughs> that definition <laughs> is <laughs> it's like i think it's taken out of a text no it's perfect it's, it's i a think perfect it's, it's spot on definition yes. uh so but maybe my, my question my question so now <laughs> sorry okay, sure, um, sure you, go ahead let's get on it do you feel like like not in the sense of actively actively being an imposter right now but like do you think you have the imposter syndrome like definitely. for example right here oh, when talking man. in the podcast definitely 100 percent. or like <laughs> on blog posts no question about it 
100%. Like almost with every aspect of my life, I often feel like an imposter. And it's it's really, it's not that extreme. Like I know people who literally can't, don't want to do anything and don't want, you know, this idea, for example, of starting a podcast would be just so daunting to them that they would never start. So it's not that extreme <laughs> to me. Um, oh, I was, I was also doubting the idea in the sense of we doing it on English. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it worked out uh, better than I thought. Because like discussing definitely. in a foreign language is, yeah, <laughs> not the easiest thing. <laughs> definitely not. And, you know, it's... I know, it's... it's Man, how do I put this? Yeah, imposter syndrome is definitely uh, something that I'm struggling with. And, you know, almost, not almost, literally everyone I know is struggling with it in some way, shape or form. Mm. Um, and sometimes it it can be a good guide, I think, to mm. to see if you're, you know, if you're feeling like you're completely being dishonest, maybe there is some truth to that. And maybe, you know, you're holding back too much in that certain situation and all that stuff. So it may be a good guide. And I try to see it as that, as a sort of a little impulse by my brain to be like, hey, are you sure you're actually knowing socially stuff? acceptable. Yeah. No, <laughs> not necessarily socially acceptable, but just are you sure that you actually know your stuff and you're actually being honest mm. right now and that you're actually sharing your thoughts and not just trying to, uh, yeah, trying to fit in or trying to uh, gain some advantage from being someone you're not. Yeah. Um, so definitely. And even with the podcast, I'm still struggling a lot because um, <laughs> people who know me in real life. I usually talk extremely fast. I kind of stumble over my words and... Um, and just kind of throwing out yeah i'm just chaotic <laughs> and rambling and uh, my ideas are all over the place and when i speak they make perfect sense to me but when i listen back to the mm. podcast i'm like i'm I'm so stupid like <laughs> my my what i say doesn't make any sense oh, and it's so unstructured that usually sounds the same way for me i mean not for you i mean for me personally <laughs> you're, you're completely fine no but we, which all, brings, we think that which about brings me to kind other, of like, one important aspect of like imposter syndrome we're always so like focused on ourselves that yeah that actually we don't notice that other people are like that as well yeah they don't we, care. we actually don't have like this spotlight <laughs> thing shining on us all day exactly long. people other people are like concerned with their own problems and who cares if you can't pronounce the word bro <laughs> yeah no it was the, the sentence episode. oh man i'm trying to explain myself no um enough so <laughs> yeah i think it's a very i think this podcast is just a very good exercise for both of us to kind of um i know as i said in in, in real Putting life yourselves out there yeah to put yourself out there and to kind of um, it's also a good exercise to kind of learn to be more precise in your speech and more structured in the way you're kind of um, yeah, kind of bringing up ideas and all that. And as I said, listening to all the episodes we've done so far, I'm very happy with them. But when I listen to me, I'm just shut oh, the no. fuck up. Like, um, I just realized I'm I'm so unprecise and so unstructured and kind of rambling around and doesn't make any sense. Mm. Uh, but I think it's a good exercise and and sort of That's to overcome. What is about. I think we don't need the perfect structure here because then it would be a lecture and not sure. the podcast sure but i think we all have a sort of ideal 
of how we would like to talk or how we think of we course. talk and then we hear actually hear ourselves in podcasts or vo voice <laughs> notes or whatever and we <laughs> oh no who that. is that guy <laughs> yeah, sounds like that? a five-year-old to me <laughs> exactly so yeah. yeah but i think what's very liberating what you talked about is this to to understand that the spotlight effect this if this feeling that everybody's looking at us and everybody's judging our every move and it's just complete bullshit and nobody really cares and nobody you know nobody spends more than a few seconds uh thinking about anything you've done like um yeah what yeah like some some things that happened to me years ago are like still a company <laughs> are like still in my mind if i'm lying in bed at, in bed at night and think about, about that event back then yeah. and i'm thinking i'm just cringing what yeah. did i do back then <laughs> exactly. and nobody else in the world will probably remember that if you no. didn't fuck up big time <laughs> exactly even then you know what really helps me um to sort of control my my feeling of being an imposter and all, all that stuff and sort of this feeling of everybody's looking at me and judging my mm. every move and all that is that when i think back to all the times when people have done completely you know embarrassing and cringy things in public and i'm talking real hardcore stuff like <laughs> running around naked or whatever you don't really you don't really spend more than a few seconds thinking about it and then it's you you just don't care like in, in the first moment you're like oh oh gosh that's weird that's embarrassing i i would never do that and you're kind of feeling that secondhand embarrassment but after a few seconds you you've literally forgotten about it and you maybe you tell your friend or your mom oh my gosh i i saw that guy he was running around naked but <laughs> nobody really cares like um yeah in 10 years time it will be a nice story to tell yeah, yeah, maybe not. If it's maybe. even remembered then. <laughs> if you're not in prison till then. But <laughs> <laughs> that went far. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's it's oh, just man. this nobody really cares about you that much and it's very liberating. And especially you know, starting this podcast or starting a blog and you're posting. You know, the first time I ever posted something on my story, it was very it was very hard for me for some reason because I've never mm. done it and I felt like everybody's gonna look at my story and be like why is this guy posting suddenly and what's going on with him and why is he posting random quotes what's wrong with this guy but nobody cares and you know it's it's so really like, okay so like that's your that's your way of dealing with it are there other aspects to it like how you <laughs> can liberate yourself a little oh man or is that the main thing for you I think that's the main thing. Nobody really cares. Okay. Everybody's focusing on themselves and their life and therefore your role in it, especially if you're a stranger to them, they don't really care about you mm. and they just think about themselves, which is very liberating for me at least. No, no. What usually helps me, like especially in blog posts where I'm, it's like I'm not trying to sell the general concept of, let's say i don't know space repetition yeah. <laughs> um i'm just trying to share how it works for me exactly and, like what aspects are working out for me because then i'm not like proclaiming that it will 100 percent work for anyone it's just yeah i'm sharing my experiences and of course my experiences are personal and <laughs> i mean nobody can you nobody can like say okay no your experiences are wrong <laughs> <Fuck> exactly <you. laughs> exactly 
yeah i think as long as you put yourself out there in a authentic way and you're just honest with mm. what you think of course to a certain extent um there's really nothing you should fear and it's also this idea of being if you start like a personal blog or whatever or if you want to teach people something online it's it's more of don't think about yourself as being an expert or a guru and yes. don't Just don't like claim take yourself people to on be. a journey exactly yeah. take them <laughs> the journey of a wandering With mind yeah, um, that's that's my blog follow of <laughs> you listeners out there who don't know <laughs> so yeah exactly and just uh, um taking them along kind of as you learn stuff and sharing your insights and being more of a guide rather than a guru i think that's what ali abdal said in one of his mm. videos of course um i think that really helps because you're not claiming to be an expert uh, on any field you're just saying hey look that's what's what's worked for me that's how i study and got good grades or uh that's why what i read and really helped me with my relationships or whatever and therefore nobody can really criticize you just sharing your experiences and your thoughts because Definitely. why why yes. would anyone there's like also the um, Dunning-Kruger effect, which is maybe coming into yes. play here. Yes, yes. If you have heard about that. Um, yeah. It's I've basically like... It. Um, <laughs> it's basically like when you don't know anything about a topic, you really overestimate your understanding of it. And you're, you're like <laughs> almost... You're, you're basically um, on the level of an expert when it comes to their belief in their abilities there yes and as you like get into a topic more and more you realize how how stupid it was yeah. of you to think about <laughs> to oh. think like okay i knew i knew the topic <laughs> yeah i experienced this firsthand and when i when i first heard of this effect a few weeks ago i was like okay so that's what happened um when yeah. i was starting <laughs> you know when i decided to kind of learn to program and all that last year kind of around july or whatever mm. um in the beginning i was like okay I'm, i'm gonna learn to program it's gonna take me maybe like a month and then i'm gonna do an internship and i'm fine you know, and can go on and try other stuff <laughs> and you know um apart from the fact that i completely underestimated this sort of effort and how much there is to learn i <laughs> in the beginning like the f first few weeks i thought like i was i was the best like i was learning stuff so fast mm. and i could build websites and i was like oh my gosh i'm the best and i'm so uh, i'm naturally gifted <laughs> i found like a new talent or whatever and then you kind of get Whereas a little bit actually your websites all look like you quite crappy yeah the they 1980s. were crappy they were kind terrible <laughs> they were terrible uh. but i thought they were great <laughs> um and yeah and after you get a little bit more intermediate you kind of get into this valley of of depression <laughs> where you realize <laughs> that actually you know you have no idea and there's so many things you have to learn and so many things to understand and you you don't you don't seem to understand anything and you're just trying to i i know you're just trying to climb out that valley and hopefully mm -hmm. one day actually understand what's going on and yeah but even then i think there's like this danger of everything you've been acquiring over the past years is now like very natural and normal to you yeah and people like that like also like philosophers <laughs> usually tend to assume that everybody thinks or reflects about 
life's problems in that way yeah has the same amount of experience in that field like yeah that like a very nice anecdote that happened to me was like um a friend of mine was like had like this new led um chain thing there where which you can put on your desk and stuff which can light up in different colors and then he asked me like strange why is there no black color (laughs) why can't i put on the black color there and for me like as somebody who's been invested into physics for years now (laughs) this question seems like a a bad joke to me like a very ridiculous thing to say (laughs) because like obviously the black is like the absence of light there can't be like something that is shining in black yeah (laughs) and yeah that that's that's kind of I, I was kind of assuming is is he joking with me right now because <laughs> <laughs> I was basically just assuming that everybody had the same standard in education there maybe like from yeah. school even which is obviously not at all true and that's maybe something that kind of also hinders you to get go out there to show the world your thoughts because you think okay yeah that's a very basic concept everybody would know exactly. that already yeah exactly it's 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 also I, th- I think i don't remember where i i heard it but someone said that the best teachers are usually beginners themselves because they know how it is to be a beginner and oh, yes. they know how it is to not have any that's, clue what's that's going why on. it's so freaking important especially when studying physics to go into like a group with other people which yes. learn together because they knew how to like acquire that knowledge a few days ago and now they can give it on to you if you didn't understand exactly yeah if a professor has like 20 plus years of teaching experience (laughs) and is a leading man another stupid group of of, um like first semester people (laughs) yeah and then it's not that they can't explain it but they explain it so such a high level and they're so Mm. used to having discuss discussions maybe with people who already have a certain standard you know basic knowledge of all that stuff that exactly (laughs) that now talking to like first semester students they're like why don't you get it? it's obvious like um Mm. so yeah definitely i notice that so often like many or like one of my professors especially is like trying to do everything as formal as possible which of course it's like the quality wise it's the maybe the best way to do it but for picking up a topic and learning it it's just <laughs> very crappy let's say yeah so yeah definitely i i think it's i, I don't know I, I learning to program you know over the last few months has really i think apart from teaching myself how to program i mean that's kind of secondary at at this point it has taught me so much about where people i think quote unquote fail when they're trying to learn something new because mm. after you know according to the stunning kruger effect after this initial uh, super high motivation and feeling of you know you're the king of the world uh, you get into this very steep and long valley of <laughs> i have no idea what i'm doing i'm never gonna get it you're going into the underworld <laughs> yeah yeah it certainly Death feels like it it certainly feels like it uh, and you feel like you're making absolutely no progress and all that stuff i think that's where a lot of people when acquiring sort of new knowledge kind of get into desperation 
and give up or at least don't try all too hard because they don't they don't have this sort of self-confidence that at one point it's gonna it's gonna climb up again at one point they're gonna start to understand all that <laughs> stuff that they've been learning and they're gonna be able to because it's sort of, constantly down, going down <laughs> yeah and, they, <laughs> and they, they're gonna be able to sort of make the connection between all the stuff they that they've been learning and that didn't make any sense to them prior and now they're gonna get to a point where okay i, mm. I think i understand how it works and I'm i see the horizon progress now i see the horizon exactly <laughs> so oh very nice i think yeah, can, you you already getting to that feeling um yeah definitely the last that's, few that's nice but it's hear. only but it's only the last few weeks i think before that like three four months it felt like i'm i'm not moving along like i'm just stuck <laughs> and although you know, I, was, I had i had very similar experiences during my first semester now at the end of it I, it feels like damn all those concepts they are like really playing out now i can do fucking interesting stuff in <laughs> physics there with with all the maths i learned and at the beginning felt like what the fuck is going on here what does that person uh, there in front of me want <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah definitely so it's always I, i think it's important to to always kind of play the long-term game and don't think about you know what um i know don't think about oh i'm learning this concept today and this concept tomorrow and now then suddenly i'm going to be able to solve all of mm. physics mysteries it's really <laughs> it's really very sort of not yeah it's i think it's very sort of planting the seeds and getting the basics down and really understanding them thoroughly and then one day and exactly exactly and one day <laughs> maybe you'll be you're going to be able to do great stuff with it so mm. i think that applies to basically every every area of your life so mm. nice little philosophical idea there like like <laughs> maybe maybe now like a last thought about that Or like at least from my side you can of course still ask me questions <laughs> then um yeah. like um for some of the articles i wrote <laughs> on my blog <laughs> um i was basically taking the ideas of others if you might say so because of course i didn't come up with spaced repetition as a learning method myself as a scientist <laughs> yeah. i just yeah tried to to pick that that one up and give it on well, of course in my personal way there and that's also maybe like a huge source of imposter syndrome whereas you're just taking ideas of other people and putting them out there again yeah de definitely and uh, a nice quote i found is that it's not really you know it's not really the message that's unique or mm. highly in innovative or anything it's really the messenger that makes all the difference and <laughs> that is a very awesome quote yeah and which it's, i'm yeah also <laughs> trying to <laughs> implement in my articles obviously it's like it's also like in that that book i'm still like an artist which yes. you recommended me i think like yeah okay it's it's not like um let's say the 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 concept of it of um It's it's not like if you if you want to steal like an artist you don't copy um, <laughs> I don't know that the scream of Van Gogh you you try to find as many interesting things in that area and try to remix them with your own personal touch and that's what actually counts and then the blog post thing at least I'm trying to give it my personal touch with how 
it applies to my life and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think sorry people, for interrupting. No, no problem. I think people have to sort of realize that you know everyone has a unique personality and unique vocabulary and unique mannerisms and nobody can really copy that so whatever you say really is in some way never been said before like that even if you say you know even if you have two people who have the exact same presentation you know with the exact same text and all that there's still going to be two different presentations and they're still going to have, <laughs> you know, different effects on, on the people listening. Maybe one is really shy. Yeah, and maybe maybe think like about a TED Talk and about our podcast. Two different sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe you know, if you have two people and they have the exact same presentation, one is maybe very mm. shy and uh, doesn't like to be in front of crowds. The other one is really outgoing and really entertaining and sort of, um, yeah, it's really engaging with the audience. And they're just completely different people who have shared the exact same knowledge, but maybe uh, the <laughs> but maybe the 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 audience. Um, with the presentation of, of the first guy who's very shy didn't exactly um, didn't exactly enjoy it all too much or didn't pay attention all too much whereas mm. the audience who listened to the guy with the you know who's more more outgoing and more entertaining probably enjoyed it way more even though it was the exact same information so yeah I think that just keep that in mind and if people think oh what do I have to share with the world you know you don't really have anything to share you just can um, you just can share the knowledge your way and sort of that way make it your own and kind of putting yourself out there and all that you know fancy stuff um, <laughs> we've been talking about <laughs> because it's it's really difficult to have to have ideas or to kind of figure out stuff that has never been done before and has never been, you know, I don't know, never been experienced or never been <laughs> known or whatever. It's it's very hard. And Back to the human potential thing. Yeah, it, it's very unlikely that you're actually going to do that. So, you know, just hmm. take what you can and gain as much knowledge <laughs> as you can and sort of Thanks share it. motivating me here in my physicist career. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean... You know, when, when when people think about, I don't know, starting a YouTube channel or podcast or whatever mm. they think, oh, I have to be some sort of um, in the one percentile of students or whatever. And it's really not true. It's just you share your insights that resonated with you and your kind of experiences and lessons. And there sure are many other people in the world who things similar to you or who needed exactly that or who really appreciate the way you're presenting it mm. and therefore yeah you can't really you can't really fuck up too much in that aspect yeah <laughs> and i think it's about it's like maybe similar to our discussion of the last podcast about um, specialization and generalization because if yes. you combine many many aspects together then there will be very few people who have the exact um yeah kind kind of same um, person personality like you or like when you're giving a talk you're the same mannerisms as you call them <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so Very yeah fine. man th th that was a long <laughs> episode um 
And yeah, sure. Uh, I think we won't split it in two parts, but no, no, yeah. I think that's enough now. <laughs> it's fine like this. So yeah, we want to wrap it up then. Yeah, definitely. So what we've learned, what we've talked about, um, the internet is great, but <laughs> it's also it can also be dangerous, and I think mm. people should take We're more seriously. Yeah, people should take more seriously the sort of dangers uh, the internet has and not go too easy when it comes to protecting your privacy. Also, when it comes to seeing people on social media who apparently have the perfect life and the perfect family, don't believe that shit because it's probably just, you know, <laughs> a, it's probably just a, uh, you know, just a highlight they're sharing and just... Mm um yeah, subtract 50 percent of the awesomeness there and then you get like the average maybe yeah <laughs> <of> how, exactly <laughs> probably how something awesome their like life that. actually is yeah and <laughs> uh you know acknowledgement is obviously part of human nature but don't go overboard because i think there are way more important things than uh to try to fit in all the time and to try to be acknowledged mm. and gain a large following um because that way you're subject to imposter syndrome maybe <laughs> yes <laughs> trying to portray something you aren't yeah and also i think when it comes to you know when you feel like an imposter just um just realize that nobody really cares about you and take that as a sort of positive motivation <laughs> and not as a you know <laughs> not getting depressed from that because no definitely not once you realize that people you know have their own lives and their own take worries sort of source of motivation exactly just do what you want and as long as you're honest and authentic uh there's really nothing you should fear yeah. still like an artist still like an artist <laughs> definitely read the book if you haven't already it's it's very short you can read it like in a few hours one sitting yeah one sitting yeah and it has a lot awesome. of pictures so <laughs> um <laughs> definitely definitely a good choice Awesome. All right. So I guess that's it for this week's episode of In Mindsight. And I hope you'll be back like the next week again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't know what we will talk about yet, but I'm, I'm sure it will be a nice discussion as this one was. So Definitely. if you enjoyed, leave a like. Um, maybe like suggest some topics or like your insights into the whole um, productivity scheme or especially here <laughs> in the internet scheme and imposter syndrome. Um, with the mail address that is linked below at yeah. least when we posted this thing and yeah that's it for this week um see you soon yeah bye bye